Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as um, simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. Bob Stoffer, nice district. We got a beauty of a game tonight. The Edmonton Oilers and the Colorado Avalanche. Two high paced, low scoring matchups so far this season. All in the last month, Avs winning 3 2 in Denver. Oilers losing a 2 1 shootout. That was 3 2 in overtime in Denver. And then the Oilers, a 2 1 shootout loss in which Darcy Camper made 49 saves, including 11 in overtime as Colorado beat Edmonton 2 1. Mike Smith uh, was in the starters net. Uh, Kemper, uh, the probable starter for Colorado. Mike Smith in his career. Against the Avalanche, 12-1-5, a 2.13 goals against average, and a 9.30 save percentage. That's pretty good. Darcy Kemper against Edmonton, 10-1-4, a 2.02 goals against average, and a 9.32 save percentage. Wow. That's really good. <laughs> Mike Smith in his last 10 starts is 9-0-1 with a 1.7 goals against average and a .948 save percentage off the charts. Second hour of orders now brought to you by Digitex. Digitex.ca is Alberta's number one owned and operated place to buy office technology and software. Uh, you can text us, and a lot of you are, your thoughts on Guy Lafleur. Uh, text us on the Ashley Fine Floors text line. Get the new floors you've always wanted with Ashley Fine Floors, 143rd Street, 111th Avenue. It's open Monday to uh, Saturday. One of the questions I have for you, if you're an Oilers fan, name your favorite non-Edmonton Oilers player. For me, growing up as a kid, it was Guy Lafleur all day. Japanese Village, open to serve you to any one of their five Edmonton and area locations. Try the legendary Wagyu steak cooked right before your eyes. Reserve now at jvedmonton.ca. We head off to the River Cree Resort Casino Hotline, 780-496-0063. The River Cree Resort Casino. Excitement. Bet on it. For Horse Racing Alberta, as we're closing in on the return of thoroughbred racing at Century Mile Racetrack next Saturday, April 30th, post-time, 3.45 p.m., we welcome back Sportsnet Spec, Mark Spector. Hello, Spec. How are you doing? All right. Bobby, how's it going today? Uh, not bad. What's the latest? Well, that was a sad day, right? Wake up to the news that Gila Fleur's passed away. It's... Uh, you know, last week it was Mike Bossy. This week it's Guy Lafleur. That's uh, those are, you know, those are pieces of our game. We're never getting back, Bobby. 
Yeah, uh, you know, hard one, and I know I had a couple conversations this morning with a couple of the HHOF guys, and uh, they're, one of them's busy with a personal matter, and one of them's busy doing something right now uh, uh, at a convention center here in town. But, I mean, you know, Mark, you and me, and we just had Al May on. We're all around the same age. Gee, like Gee was kind of like Bobby Orr from the mid '60s until sort of '74, '75, and then he, you know, we didn't see Bobby Orr. But from the late '70s until the early '80s, Gee was the guy. Would you not say? Oh yeah, yeah. Gee was for sure the guy. You know, in, in a time when there were still helmetless players, right? Like the the vision of a player's hair you know, blowing in the wind as he skates up the right side. That vision is non-existent in today's NHL because everyone's wearing a helmet and a case or a visor. That's a place to start. You know, there's, there was only one Guy Lafleur, and, and now that everything's changed, there will never be another, that's for sure. I mean, Bobby, I think, uh, looking back, I think my mother had the same crush on Guy Lafleur that my wife had on Henrik Lundqvist. <laughs> you know, he was... The women loved them. Us men loved them. The kids loved them. When you went to the rink and you skated up the boards and let one go from the edge of the circle, you were trying to be Guy Lafleur, right? I mean, who else did that? Eventually, Mike Bossy, you know, and then Mark Messier lift his leg with that wrist shot. But uh, not many guys scored from the far edge of the circle the way Guy Lafleur did. And we can all picture that goal on Gilles Gilbert. I mean, Danny Gallivan calling it. And well, you know what, piece, Speck, you mentioned that. Youth, it's a piece of our youth. A piece of our youth. You know what, Brendan's uh, back in the studio. Brendan, uh, this is a cue here. Uh, Speck just referenced the call of Danny Gallivan. We played it to open the show. Let's give it another rip here on the day in which uh, Guy Lafleur passes away at the age of 70. 55 seconds left in the penalty, a minute and 27 seconds left in regulation time. Boston 4, Montreal 3. Lafleur coming out rather gingerly on the right side. He gives it into Lemaire, back to Lafleur. Absolute gold. The late, great uh, Danny Gallivan with the call. And you know what, Spec, as a, as a broadcaster, and I've had this conversation with Rod Phillips, Rod uh, wanted, you know, everybody wanted to sound like Danny, and that was the reason why that descriptive ability, the ability to build a crescendo up the ice, and uh, you called it, you nailed it. That was an awesome goal by Guy Lafleur. He was a special guy. And I, I think, Mark, for me, like I was a Canadians fan, I didn't like the Flyers, and then the Oilers played him in 81, and I remember Dave Hunter got in Guy's grill and uh, Gila Point went after to defend Gila Fleur went after Davey Hunter and, and, and Hunter won the fight and then uh, LaPointe went and grabbed the helmet and was bashing uh, <laughs> Hunts over the head with the helmet and I realized I'm from Edmonton I'm an Oilers fan. I'm cheering for the Oilers yeah. here, right? I'm cheering against yeah. Guy Lafleur. I had a poster of him uh, out in the acreage for four years. That was a, you know, and, and I, I tried to come down the wall and shoot like that as well. But that moment when Edmonton upset Montreal, you know, 14th versus third overall in the standings. Except when you think back at it, it wasn't that much of an upset. The Oilers hammered the Canadians in the series, and it was also like a passing of the torch. And, and I know the Islanders were in the middle of it but in terms of the style and the panache that they played with you know what i'm saying oh yeah i mean 
you know, my dad taught me as a youngster that, you know, the, I mean, yeah, it was fun watching Philly play because they beat everybody up. And the Bruins were pretty good. But I was born in 65. The Bruins weren't beating the Habs much in my lifetime. My dad always sort of guided me towards the way Montreal plays the game. That's the way the game's supposed to be played, right? They played with elegance. They played with skill. They didn't muck it up all the time. Yeah, they fought sometimes. Everybody fought. But they played the game the right way, and Guy Lafleur was the, you know, he was the front man. He was Mick Jagger on that team, right? So, sure, you know, we, we, it's just, it's a passing time. And, and, you know, when they came, Bob, when we were all Oilers fans, the WHA, and, you know, you, you, they made it in the NHL, the Oilers. I can vividly remember that. I know you can too. But you weren't in the NHL until the Montreal Canadiens came and played in your city. And when, when that Canadiens jersey showed up in town and started playing, that was, a, that was verification that you were now an NHL town. And, of course, the playoff series a couple of years later, uh, was, you know, by then we were all Oilers fans. I don't know about you. I was over my, you know, the Habs thing after the first couple of years. But when they played him in the playoffs and beat him, I mean, that was like, yeah. oh, my God, you know. Who ever thought that would happen no, to a kid from Edmonton? No one thought. I mean, and then he ended up, was it Mordecai uh, Richelieu that uh, took the shot at Edmonton being a little, I don't know what he, anyhow. Yeah, of course he did, sure. Not, because we were kicking his town's ass in hockey. That's why he was taking that <laughs> shot at us. Yeah, there you have it. But, uh, hey, Guy was a special guy. Now, we talked to Al about Alexander Ovechkin. And, and look, Ovi's 36. And Guy didn't, you know, Guy quit at 33 a quarter of the way through the season. Didn't play at 34, 35, 36. Came back 37 to 39. But we're in a different time. And one of the things that used to curb, like, you know, and, and hey, that's, he passed away from lung cancer, right? And people don't smoke today like they, they might smoke something different, Mark, because it's legal, but they don't smoke the way they used to smoke. You know what I'm saying? And they don't have, there weren't on inter- nutrition back then the way we are today. Well, the way the players yeah. are today. I'm not going to say the broadcasters are in that category. You know where I'm going here. Well, the, the the chance for players to extend their career and play, which just, if anything, just reinforces how unique Gordy Howe was that he could play at 50 and still beat the snot out of guys for fun. But it it really is a different time. Like you have the ability now. Concussions can curtail a career, but conversely, conditioning the fact guys don't smoke. They don't smoke anymore, Mark. I, I don't no. I don't think I've ever seen a play an Oilers player in the last decade smoke like up at a hotel or any no one smokes no. anymore. You know what I'm saying? It's just a different time. Well, you know, here we've reached the you kids out there, Howie Meeker moment, right? We just lost two of our of our, you know, hockey hall of famers to lung cancer and no one's kidding anybody here. Both those, both Mike Bossy and Gail Fleur were heavy smokers, and I don't think that anyone needs that lesson anymore, but it's a dumb thing to do. And if you are smoking, stop. So, sure, right? And now, Mike, there was a lot of different ways back then a career could end. You know, Mike Bossy and, and, and uh, Craig Simpson will tell you that being around the net back then was a different time than it is now. Right. Mike Bossy never, you know, Mike Bossy's career ended because of his back. Uh, Guy Lafleur's career ended, is my recollection, Bob, in Montreal, was Sarah Chavard was the GM. And Jacques and Lemaire was the head coach. Jacques Lemaire was the head coach, and Guy Lafleur asked for a trade, and Sarah said, I cannot trade Guy Lafleur to Montreal. you got to retire. So he retired. But then what did he do? He came back with the Rangers. They Three had years to- later. 
Yeah, three years later, scored two on Patrick Waugh. The whole crowd, of, I remember that game, and it was something special. But anyhow, it was a different time. Uh, you know, listen, I covered, I remember times. I mean, hell, Sergey Zubov, the, the triple overtime game in 99 in Buffalo when Dallas won the cup between the first and second overtime, second and third overtime, he's in the hallway having a smoke. You know, I used to interview, I remember interviewing Val Kamensky one time in Denver in the old Mile High Arena there, McNichol. And he sat at the stick rack, he had two or three smokes while he worked on the sticks, and I got a hell of an interview, Al Iafrady. You know, that's the way it was then. It's, it's not the same anymore. You can't do it anymore. Today's players are health freaks because once you try keeping up to the Conor McDavid's of the world, you know, with a shawarma in your belly from lunch and a couple of cold beers, right? It's not going to happen, Bob. <laughs> no. Hey, speaking of Conor McDavid, this, the first two games between these two teams back have been fantastic. The game in Denver and the Oilers, you know, Colorado, you know, they outshot Edmonton uh, overall in the game, but the Oilers really limited the Avs. Uh, 5v5 shots that night. Colorado got five power plays, and they won the game in overtime. The game back here, I mean, Edmonton got an overtime, and you know, McKinnon got a penalty, and the Oilers got a power play, got 11 shots in overtime, and Darcy Camper <laughs> was brilliant. I just read the numbers on Smith and Camper. They're off yeah. the charts against one another. Colorado's got, I think, people might, some people might say these are the two most exciting teams in the league going at it. I mean, well, I, certainly out west. Styles make the fight, right? Styles make the fight, you know, and both these teams can play as fast as each other. You know, the Oilers, how would I say, some teams who play Edmonton, some teams who play Colorado, their recourse and their game plan is to slow it down. they got to slow it down. I, neither of these two teams is looking at each other like that. Right, Edmonton can play as fast as Colorado. Colorado can play as fast as Edmonton, and that's what we saw for two games. Really, the amazing thing, Bob, is uh, you got a better memory than me on this stuff. But wasn't the score going into overtime two-two in Denver and one-one in Edmonton? Yes. So, you know, to me, the amazing thing is as fabulous as the hockey was, and it's skilled and quick and fast. And man, they moved the puck around both these teams. We only saw, you know, two, four, six regular seasons or regular regulation goals in six periods of hockey, which is amazing, but uh, listen, let's hope we get another one tonight, because I, I was at the game in Denver, and that's the best game I've seen all season, and the one in Edmonton was an awful close second, Bobby. Yeah, no, it was awesome hockey. Mark Spector, Sportsnet Spec for the Horses and Horse Racing Alberta again. Exciting live thoroughbred racing returns next Saturday, that's April 30th, post time 3.45 a.m. Mark, uh, so Dave Tippett was 23-18-3 when he was relieved of his duties. If Jay Whitcroft wins tonight, he's 23-8-3. I don't know if you saw that happen when the coaching change was made. What's what's the bigger surprise, what Whitcroft has done as a coach or that Mike Smith has gone 9-0-1 with a 1.70 goals against average and a 9.48 save percentage in his last 10 starts? Yeah, I mean, I always, I was the guy that always thought that there's, I guess I would have to say I believed in Smith's ability to be a good goalie. I don't, you know, I'm with everyone else. He's 40 and he gets hurt, and that worries me if I'm an Oilers fan. I get all that. Uh, I, I'm, I have Smith's above and beyond. I'm not saying a guy would have predicted it, but you know, I'll tell you what, full disclosure, Bob, I was a guy that, uh, I was a guy that did not think they should make a coaching change. I'm a guy that is, that said, oh my God, how many times are the Oilers going to change their coaches? And RMH has had whatever it is, eight coaches in 10 years. And, and you know what? It was the right move. And I would take pause to say that 
Ken Holland, you know, here's a GM that's never made a coaching move on a guy in his whole career during the season. And he read that one right. And he's got the right guy in here. And Jay Woodcroft, this team is better. I'm here to tell you, it's a better team. The record shows it. The numbers show it. You know, the attitude shows it. The swagger shows it. The, the attention to detail. Their special team show it. Everything is better about this team. And I, I don't like, I'm not ripping on Dave Tippett. It stopped working for him. And Holland figured it out, and Woodcroft is the right guy for the job, man. It's a good team now. Well, in fairness, the one thing Tippett had is good special teams, right? Like, he came in first on power play, second in PK the first year, uh, first and ninth last year. Uh, he had pretty good power play going, but they had dropped off. They had gone cold, but the PK had just fallen through the roof. And who do you need to have as your best penalty killer goaltending? And Miko had a tough stretch, but you some fans, uh, and hey, I'd say it, uh, you know, it, it was was pretty clear that Dave liked Mike Smith, and Mike Smith wasn't wasn't at the level that Miko Koskinen was for the first two thirds of the season, and health played a factor in it. So, uh, but the, that, there's no question the special teams were good under Dave and Jim Playfair. The five on five play has been vastly superior. Yes, they've added, you know, they got Evander Kane up and running, and and they made the trade for Kulak. But the reality is, this has been much as much philosophical as it has been personal in terms of personal the personnel for the roster. Mm-hmm. To me, it's been as much the philosophy of the new coach coming in with Jay Woodcroft. The work back to the puck for his team. Uh, they compete every puck now, Spec. And I, I I didn't get that, like, I didn't like their five-on-five five game. It got exposed in the playoffs the last two years. And I, I, I'd just like to get your thoughts on that. Do you think that's part of the reason why maybe there should be a greater sense of optimism for what the Oilers might be able to achieve here this year is because of that five-on-five five play? Yeah, absolutely, Bob. Uh, I, I looked at their, first of all, the personnel. I looked at their lines the other day. And a piece I wrote from, you know, game three and four against Winnipeg. And you look at their lines today and their defensive pairings, and there's just no question. It's a better roster, right? Kane is better. First of all, the, remember, Bob, three and four against Winnipeg last year. They had Drysaddle and McDavid playing together. Nugent Hopkins was second-line center. With Cassian. With Cassian. Yeah. Cassian's down where he should be is a depth forward. That's where he should play. Uh, they're stronger down the middle with three sentiment. They got Kane. They got Hyman. They got Fogel. Guys, they didn't have last year, right? Kulak's better than than uh, Cuckoo, and Keith is better than Kulikov. And CC, I'm going to call it a tie with Larson. You know, Larson's probably tougher. CC's way better with a puck. So, my point is, they have a better roster under Woodcroft. They're doing the things that it takes to win games with the refs not giving you power plays, right? They're playing solid five-on-five hockey. You can see, Bob, they're not near as fragile. The other night, they blow that lead to Dallas. You barely saw, you know, you, you barely got a feeling that anybody's heart rate changed. They just went back to work. They scored the 3-2 goal. They scored the 4-2 goal. They took total control of that hockey game. There's no sense of fragility. There's a real confidence. You know, I'm not going to call it swagger, but there's just a solid confidence in this team. They're playing it. The cliche is you're playing it the right way, but for me watching them, I can just see a team that knows that if they play as well as they know they can play, they're going to beat most teams on most nights. This is the most confident orders team I've watched for a long time. All right, Speck. Well, uh, I, I hope we have another great game tonight. Uh, should mention Colorado's down a couple bodies. Uh, not sure in Rantanen, but Landeskog is out. Taze is out. 
I mean, that's two. You know, if Ranton can't play, it's two top six forwards, and Taze is in their top pairing with McCarr. So. I believe Ranton is out tonight. That's okay. what Timmy Campbell said that uh, he got out of the coach's press conference. Yeah, so, yeah. So out for Edmonton, but that's some losses for Denver. Yeah. Uh, listen, Denver's in that weird spot, Colorado, right? They've got everything wrapped up. Yeah, they go into the President's Trophy, but they, you know, they took they took a night off in Seattle the other night. I think the orders will get their full attention tonight, Bob. All right, great stuff, Mark. Thanks for your time. All right, man. Again, uh, reminder: Mark Spector's appearance is brought to you by Horse Racing Alberta, setting live thoroughbred racing, returning to Century Mile, April thirtieth at six three forty five p.m. When we come back, we're going to bang off some. I'm Alex Rodriguez, and I'm Jason Kelly from Bloomberg. This is the deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Your text on the Ashley Fine Floors text line. You're listening to Oilers now. It is 1-24 in Edmonton. Subscribe to the Oilers Now podcast. Available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or wherever you find your podcasts. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer on 630 Chad. As someone who plays half the game, somebody who touches all facets of the game, he's a threat in, in every situation, whether that's even strength on the power play, shorthanded. We saw a clip of him this morning getting a shorthanded breakaway versus the LA Kings not too uh, long ago. Um, somebody who's skating is dimensional and um, he's going to be someone that we're going to have to focus on tonight for sure. Nicely woven in there, Brendan Escott, a little bit John Denver, Rocky Mountain High. Is that what that was? Oh, yeah. That <laughs> was well done. You know I love John Denver. And since we're talking about the passing of Gila Fleur and what he meant to kids of the 70s, uh, hockey fans of the mid to late 70s, I'm sure there are lots of guys right now that were driving around in their parents' country squire station wagon with the 8-track going, and John Denver, he had it going on in the mid-1970s. Like, he was a big-time star at that point. That's an awesome song. All right, well done, Brandon. Good for you. Now, what were you telling me? What's going on now with Robin later? There's, it was reported earlier today that he might be done for the year. Not so fast. Not so fast, says head coach Peter DeBoer, who is denying that report and instead says that he expects Leonard to be in net on Saturday night. 
So crazy. Uh, wow. <laughs> That's Emily Kaplan that put that out on ESPN, and she's got some good sources. All right, Uncle Milt tells me there's close to, uh, tells me the story about a customer 20 years ago telling him, a good salesman will sell me one truck. A good service department will keep me coming back. Well, that customer and family have brought in more than 50 units from Brent Ridge Ford since then. That same service department is one of the reasons that Brent Ridge just received their 11th President's Award winner from Ford for customer satisfaction. If you need maintenance or repairs for your vehicle, call Kevin, Margie, or Mike at one 877 Ford. That's one 877 Well, who better to talk about uh, Montreal and the passing of Guy Lafleur and what he meant impact-wise and a guy that does radio in that market now and a guy that grew up and played in Quebec and played in the Quebec Major Junior League. Edmonton sporting icon, Montreal-based sports personality, longtime NHLer George LaRock after a global news weather traffic update with Eileen Bell. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad.